Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me, as always, is Linda. Hello, everyone. I can't, I can't, I, I sound like Hubert from Futurama. Oh, oh, Good yeah. Good news, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that show in so long. Oh, my God. Oh, I've been binging it. It's on Hulu. I love Futurama. Yeah, I we just got uh, Hulu Live TV again. I can't live without Hulu Live TV, I don't think. Um, and honestly, YouTube has a bigger selection, but I don't like YouTube's interface for YouTube TV. Like, Hulu is just where it's at. And yeah, so, that interface just, just sucks. Yeah, on, on YouTube TV. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you even had YouTube TV? No. I'm oh. not willing to pay a single penny on YouTube. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. okay, fair I ain't enough. I doing it. Um, but no, so Hulu's live TV interface is just so much cleaner and nicer. And so I broke down and got it again, mostly so that I could watch Animal Kingdom on Sundays, but also for Rick and Morty on Sundays. Yeah, it must be uh nice watching Animal Kingdom and Rick and Morty on that, on that rockin' interface. On the rockin' Hulu live TV interface. (laughs) That's what the show is about today. Interface. Interface. Oh my god. Speaking of interface, um something I did want to discuss. We're not going to discuss it in the news section, but Neil Bloomcamp hopping on the video game train. Um that's kind of exciting. Honestly, the worlds that he is able to create on screen both in District 9 and like Elysium and like even some of the um concept art for his Alien 5 movie that isn't going to get developed uh is just stunning. And there is a lot of money to be made in the video game industry. It's the biggest media industry. It's the biggest money maker. It's also the most costly. Um, And so it really gives him free reign to kind of just build on those worlds that he just is so good at creating. And so I can't wait to see what he does with Godzilla games. Um, Supposedly, they're supposed to be trying to make like near futuristic sci-fi AAA shooters. And so, hey, like, I'm all for it. That guy can create whatever he wants, and I'm there for it. But I just I just wanted to talk about it because, like, people need to know and people need to support. I don't even know Godzilla games. I don't think I played a single Godzilla game. In fact, I know it's, a, it's like a new studio that was created in, like, 2018, I think. Um, oh, no, in 2020, with $25 million in funding. The company is headquartered in Frankfurt, Germany, but has a studio in L.A., and Kiev. So, I mean, it's kind of a smaller studio to be honest, but I'm hoping that he goes in there and he's able to really like help them, you know, grow. I don't know. I just live for any Neil Bloomkamp project, I think, even if I don't like them. You know? Yeah, know. that yeah, Neil Bloomkamp. You, <laughs> <laughs> you you don't play, you don't play many games at all. So like so this doesn't probably do anything for you, but for our gaming fans, did out I not there, just say Neil Bloomkamp? Woo! I'm I'm you, you did. I'm You're hyped too. Yeah. See, let's get let's get pumped. Woo! Yeah. But that's the only thing that I wanted to cover in the intro. I don't have anything else. Do you? <laughs> just all those. I wonder how good Neil Bloomkamp's interface will be. That's my interface. Point. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, to loop it full circle, like um, 
if it's near futuristic, the interface for whatever game he's like working on right now, like, like I'm sure it's going to be top tier interface. Yeah. <laughs> one can only he's, hope. So he's not necessarily game developing. He is, but he's not game developing. I So what I mean to say is, yes, he's in the process of game development, but he's just basically the creative director. Like, so he's just their visionary. Oh. Um, he's not necessarily like making the game, but, you know. It's going to be like his... His vi- vision. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Neil Bloomkamp's vision. Neil Bloomkamp's vision. Oh, my God. Mm, Neil well, author. I think all we can do is just buckle in and enjoy that funky Neil Bloomkamp interface. <laughs> the, the Neil Bloomkamp interface. Um, <laughs> okay, this is going on for sure. so hard to be supportive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it's bad when you would rather talk about um, a lawsuit uh, than, than video game development. <laughs> um, well, all right. It's spicy. It's spicy. Well, okay, it is spicy, and we'll talk on that a little bit later. So we're going to cover the, speaking of video game news, we're going to cover the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, and then we are also going to talk about a franchise that Linda loves dearly um, later on in the episode. So you've got to stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll be right back. Here's your news bit for the week. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Chris Lindahl of IndieWire writes, A24 for $3 billion? It makes no sense until you remember who they're dealing with. A24 has a scrappy vibe, edgy taste, and is often cited as the standard bearer of the 21st century indie film studio, much to their competitors' annoyance. Rumors of a possible sale have trailed the distributor for months, including tire kicking by Apple. In 2018, Apple and A24 made a non-exclusive, quote, multi-year deal for a slate of films. However, when Variety reported that the 8-year-old A24 was exploring a sale with Apple expressing interest, the price tag was a shock, $2.5 billion to $3 billion. Consolidation is hot. Amazon will pay $8.45 billion for MGM, 
Apple reportedly is considering the acquisition of Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine production company for up to $1 billion. Discovery and Warner Media are soon to be united in an effort to beef up their streaming clout. Viacom, CBS, and Roku are reportedly possible targets for an acquisition by Comcast. These are crazy numbers, or are they? For companies like Apple, 2.43 trillion market cap, and Amazon, which has a 1.89 trillion market cap, money is literally no object. As one agent pointed out, quote, for a tech company, what's the difference between 1 billion and 3 billion dollars? Tom Grader of Deadline writes, The Green Knight pulled from UK release calendar due to COVID concerns. A24's The Green Knight, David Lurie's fantasy epic starring Dev Patel, has been taken out of its UK theatrical release slot just two weeks before it was due to hit theaters. Deadline has confirmed that the decision was taken by the UK distribution outfit, Entertainment Film Distributors, or EFD, and that the US release is still going ahead as planned on July 30th. We've been told that the move was made due to the UK's coronavirus situation, which is looking precarious at the moment. The country removed virtually all restrictions on July 19th, but has since coincided with the surge of Delta variant and numbers have been getting close to 50,000 per day, prompting fears of another lockdown. As things stand, however, cinemas are open for business and there is no immediate suggestion of them being shut down again. Tripoli Beresford of The Hollywood Reporter writes, District 9 director Neil Blumkamp joins Godzilla Games as chief visionary officer. Independent developer Godzilla Games has tapped District 9 director and co-screenwriter Neil Blumkamp as chief visionary officer. Blumkamp will work with the company on an unannounced AAA multiplayer title shooter in an exclusive interview with IGN on Tuesday. Blumkamp described his new position as an edulatarian vision of being a film director. Few details have been released about Godzilla's upcoming project, though Bloomcamp seemed to suggest to the game outlet that a sci-fi world may be involved. Quote, I think the idea of near-future science fiction is something that is really interesting, conceptually as well as from a visual and design point of view. That's my favorite zone to be inside of. That is the first time that the filmmaker, whose credits also include action films Chappie and Elysium, as well as the upcoming supernatural horror movie Demonic, will have ventured into game development, yet he hinted at a desire for longevity in the industry. Cheryl Eddy of Gizmodo writes, Shutter's VHS 94 hopes to revitalize found footage horror. VHS is one of those horror franchises that's kept going, but maybe off the radar for all but the most devoted fans. After the 2012 original, there's also 2013's VHS 2 and 2014's VHS Viral plus a spinoff and a miniseries that was released on Snapchat. But the found footage anthology series, which taps a wide variety of different directors to create its different segments, is about to make a high-profile return thanks to VHS 94, a new installment heading to Shudder this fall. Joe Hernandez of NPR writes, California sues gaming giant Activision Blizzard over unequal pay and sexual harassment. 
The video game studio behind the hit franchises Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush is facing a civil lawsuit in California over allegations of gender discrimination, sexual harassment, and potential violations of the state's equal pay law. A complaint filed by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing on Wednesday alleges that Activision Blizzard fostered a sexist culture where women were paid less than men and subjected to ongoing sexual harassment, including groping. Activision and Blizzard Entertainment merged in 2008, but officials at the gaming company knew about the harassment and not only failed to stop it, but retaliated against women who spoke up, the complaint alleges. In a statement provided to NPR, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said the company had worked to improve its company culture in recent years and accused the DFEH of not adequately trying to resolve the claims against it before resorting to a lawsuit. The complaint, which was the result of a two-year investigation by DFEH, claims that unequal treatment of women went beyond just the company culture to the more formal parts of their jobs. Women were allegedly paid less than men, both were hired during the course of their employment, they were also assigned to lower-level positions and passed over for promotions despite doing more work than their male peers in some cases, according to the lawsuit. Former Blizzard Entertainment employee Cher Scarlett tweeted, quote, I can tell you that I knew what was going to be in the report before I read it during my time there. For only a year, I witnessed all of these things. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support The Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. For those of you wondering, Comic-Con at Home was a smash failure, actually, in the numbers department. I don't think very many people are turning out for Comic-Con at Home. Um, because honestly, last year it was kind of boring and I think we're all just waiting for an in-person live event to happen again, but we did get some exciting news. Um, we're not going to touch on all of the Comic-Con at home stuff. However, there was a San Diego Comic-Con at home panel that explored how the long running anthology movie series VHS will continue with a Shudder produced new installment. Now we love Shudder. We are very supportive of Shudder. In fact, so supportive that I wish that they would support us by giving us a sponsorship and, you know, then we could talk even more about Shudder. Um, but if but Shudder sponsored us, Shutter I'd sponsor. be, oh my God, I'd be so blindly devoted to them. I wouldn't, to I wouldn't care devoted. what anyone said about Shudder. I'd be like, shut up. 
Yeah. Well, we're already kind of blindly devoted to them. Not blindly. (laughs) They just produce some really good content. And you know what? For horror lovers, it's the place to be. I must say, though, this is not sponsored by Shudder. So do not flag me. But it can Uh, be. But it can be. They want to. (laughs) Um, So Shudder is producing a new VHS installment, uh, which is called VHS 94. Obviously, it's taking place in 1994. We have this whole nostalgia kick that we're on right now with Fear Street and with Stranger Things and like with all these other Mm -hmm. shows that are occurring. Uh, American Horror Story, um, you know, did it as well. They went to the 80s, Um, right? Was that 84? 1984. But this VHS sequels 94. Oh, it's I see 94. what you're doing. No, I I'm see just, what you're yeah. doing, though. I'm telling yeah, you that they're kidding. trying to do this nostalgic kick. But yeah, I'm 94. Shit, you know. um, however, they're doing something a little bit different with this. Um, and I'm curious to know what you think. So instead of having them be their own little separate installments, mm-hmm. uh, they are going to connect to tell an overarching story. Um, how do you feel about that change? Does it change the way that you view and like actually like understand VHS. I mean, with the first two VHS movies, like I've only seen VHS and VHS too. The other one, I, I don't know. Not that I've only I seen really, VHS. So see, and the second one, I would recommend watching if you like the first one. But the third one, I had like just no care to watch it. I just, I really didn't give a shit. Um, but with those, it was always like criminals or like, you know, a small group of people who like find a pile of VHS tapes in some really sketchy area and they just watch them and they're just random little segments where like disturbing, scary stuff happen. Mm -hmm. And there's like an, there's like a storyline behind all those movies, but you know, the segments themselves are pretty much like unrelated. So I think it'd be a nice change of pace just so then they're not recycling the same thing because it's exactly what they did in the first two movies. The only real difference is, you know, the segments Mm -hmm. that are being shown on the various VHS tapes. So I I think it'd be an interesting turn. It it brings something a little bit fresher to the franchise without it being too over the top. So I... I, I support it. I back it up and I'd be willing to watch it. So um, one of the show's creators uh, and uh, one of the, I guess, directors kind of explained what to expect. And one of the things that they were talking about, um, they were pulling like from headlines in the 90s. So, for instance, they pulled um, a lot of the most sensational news headlines that broke in the mid 90s like the Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan assault, the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase, uh, the Waco siege, the heaven, the Heaven's Gates uh, mass suicide, and more. And so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you feel. You obviously have some feelings about this. No, no, it's 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 horrible. <laughs> what? What were you? Uh, what were you thinking there? Oh my god. <laughs> this better be good. It's so horrible. And I think people are going to hate me for it. Um, 
Well, now you have to say it because we're all curious. <clears throat> I'm just imagining some like found footage reenactment of Tanya Harding like plotting to rip that. Just being like, this will take that bitch down. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I told you it was horrible, but I started thinking about it and just having that like BHS. <laughs> oh my god. It's so dumb, but I just. You just need it now. I, I kind of do. <laughs> I obviously, I don't think that's what's going to happen in this new VHS movie. They are taking inspiration from the Tanya Harding case. I just, I was just thinking about like, just this little skater just plotting. Oh my god! <laughs> while she skates, though, <laughs> like while she's skating, and some voiceover. You have that like. <laughs> VHS logo in front of it. <laughs> this is going to be a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, it arrives this fall on Shudder. So? We'll review <sighs> it. I kind of want to review this one. Do you? I do. Uh, maybe we'll get a screener. Maybe I'll attempt to get another screener. They didn't give us one for Fear Street, sadly. You but, can send um, Shudder that meme, that like, bitch, don't you want to start making some real fucking money meme? <laughs> <laughs> You'll only make real money if you give us the screener. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the other news that we have is a little bit depressing. So I just want to preface this with a trigger warning for sexual assault, for harassment, um, for gender discrimination in general uh activision blizzard is being sued by california um over the department of fair employment and housing um which basically alleges that activision blizzard the gaming giant that merged in 2008 quote fostered a sexist culture where women were paid less than men and subjected to ongoing sexual harassment even including groping um, this dates back years to the company's merge, um, and probably goes back even further than that. So not only are, um, are the Californian, you know, institutions going after Activision Blizzard for the pay discrimination where women and specifically women of color are being paid much less than their male counterparts and also being shuttered from, opportunities such as career advancements and um some some of the women had even claimed that they had been uh, transferred um to just not deal with any of the the claims that they were making so you know a woman comes up and you know whether it's uh her discussing her pay or you know whether it's her trying to come forward with allegations and the company was basically like ah we'll just transfer you so you shut up um I personally think that all the executives need to be fired, especially the executives who knew about some of these issues and didn't do a single fucking thing to fix it. Um, all of them need to go. So I, I have no, I have no sympathy for them. Um, you've seen a lot of the company's faces, you know, the spokesperson, 
uh, for the company um, that made one. Can't think of the guy's name right now, but I just saw him come out a couple days ago and apologize. And, you know, you have all of these top line male executives that are coming out and trying to take responsibility. But if you had meant to take responsibility, you would have done it back then. So get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. You don't you don't deserve to be there. This is a huge company that makes so much money every year off of predatory uh, off of predatory services and I don't even want to call it services but if it's off of predatory marketing rather where you know we have all these loot boxes and we have basically gambling even though they're trying not to call it gambling no you're gambling you're making kids gamble like you're doing all of these things that are a not consumer friendly, but then b you're treating your employees and you know your marginalized employees like shit. Well, I think you deserve to not have a job um, at that company, no matter how long you've been there. If you've been upholding those things, then you need to get out. And um, I I commend the uh, the state of California for actually opening an investigation and looking into these allegations and then going forward with the actual suing. Um, hopefully now they realize that what they were doing is wrong and they can try and fix those things. But you have, you have women left and right who, you know, used to work um, at, at Activision Blizzard on their various, you know, properties and in the various studios and, and they actually gave firsthand like claims to what some of these allegations were, and they had spent a lot of time talking about their experience. And I commend each and every one of them for being brave and standing up to just a behemoth of a company and uh, speaking out. Uh, Linda, if you've heard a lot of this stuff just from the the news story that we're talking about right now from NPR, um. When you hear these things, what's your initial reaction? And then B, do you think that there's a world in which Activision Blizzard can maybe recover from this uh, from a from a PR standpoint? Unfortunately, well, of course, it pisses me off as someone as a female. <laughs> uh I don't know. Whenever I hear stuff like this, I just think about me and my sister. We're both kind of trying to thrive in what's already sort of a male-dominated work environment. Like, out of everyone in the management team at my location, only me and one other person are women. And then we've got five to six males so it's just me and this one other person who's on like the actual management team and my sister she's an electrician and she is one of only a small handful of women in their whole union Mm -hmm. so we (laughs) we deal with that kind of stuff all the time not to say that my my male you know management team is like horrible to me or my you know other female coworker in any way they're they're both decent but it is it is very hard in its own unique way um so it it's it is hard but 
Unfortunately, I really don't think this is going to affect Activision the way that it should. Honestly, this isn't the first corporation. It won't. It's not the last corporation that's been faced with these kinds of allegations. And I doubt very little if any action is actually going to be brought forth. I mean, not saying that it shouldn't. It's just, unfortunately, that is the world we live in. I really don't think they're going to have a punishment that's suitable for these act this like these allegations and i i think they'll be fine which is stupid but they they might be fine from this yeah i have no doubt that they'll come out of it okay um and you know and i'm not saying that they shouldn't come out of it okay what i'm saying is that there should be consequences and the consequences should be severe for for things like this i'm not saying that the company needs to be completely wrecked you know by fines and by penalties and by you know bad pr what i'm saying is the people that were overseeing this and letting this happen for so many years uh need to leave or need to be forcefully thrown out metaphorically um but activision blizzard (laughs) said in a statement to npr that um it doesn't tolerate sexual misconduct uh um they said basically that they were um fairly for equal or substantially similar work um so what that means is they they believe that they were paying everyone fair for their work even though some women were working the same jobs as their male counterparts and getting um you know getting less essentially for the same work did you have a thought just a couple. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not that Activision Blizzard doesn't tolerate sexual misconduct. It's very clear that they just don't tolerate those who bring forward sexual misconduct. Yes. Um, also, the ensure that the pay is driven by non-discriminatory factors such as performance. No, they ensure that pay is driven by potential performance in the future as one literally did not get promoted just in case she got pregnant and wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, that comment. Um, <sighs> I mean, it's none of their fucking business, first of all. Yes. So women being overlooked because her male manager said that she might get pregnant and like being a mom too much. Um, that's the comment that you're referring to. And uh, wow. Like, can you imagine you applying for a higher position and wanting to work more, putting in so much work for this company? Because let, let's be honest here. Video game companies are shit to work for. You work long hours, mandatory overtime. You make a lot of money, but at what cost? Um, your time. And so like you put in a lot of work in these video game studios and for you to be willing to put in even more work by taking a higher position um, is commendable. And so when someone looks at you when you're trying to apply for a higher position and says, "Mm, you know, what happens when you get pregnant and you like being a mom too much and then you quit? I don't want to hire you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, why does that immediately mean that the that whoever is pregnant can't work after, you know, after childbirth. What, what kind of stigma is that? Is she supposed to 
stay home for the rest of her life now. You want her to cook and clean the kitchen? Like, fuck out of here. So I, I hate that logic. And it makes it even worse that this type of behavior from male management was allowed to even occur in the first place. And so uh, I have no sympathy for anyone that loses their job over this, to be honest with you. Like, good. Well, I can just, I can hear the people say, well, why are people making these allegations now? Why didn't more women come forward? Like, this, this isn't something that just happened. And oh, keep in mind, the, 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 the women, women did. Yeah. They did. They what? did. They were selected for layoffs, denied certain opportunities. Like when that shit happens, of course, everyone else is going to keep their mouth yeah. shut because they're scared. Yeah. Well, beyond that, even if they did speak out, you're going up against one of the largest companies, um, you know, in the industry. And so how are you supposed to fight that battle? And then you have to try and get the state of California to try and, you know, investigate your claims of sexual misconduct and unequal pay um, and pay inequity. And then it's a whole other issue to press the state enough to actually, for them to actually open an investigation. That's a whole other subset of a topic that we need to discuss. Why was it just recently that they started investigating if these claims had gone back all the way to their inception, basically, or their merging? Like, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so disheartened by like, um, or disheartened by uh, the way in which our government operates sometimes. Like, it fails people. Um, and the institutions that we're supposed to have and we're supposed to rely on for these kinds of things kind of fails people all the time. And we don't really talk about it, but how much do you want to bet that it took them multiple years to try and get the California government to investigate? It probably did. They probably were trying for a long time. So I hate that argument when people are like, well, they're just now talking about it. Maybe they should have said something in the past. Well, most likely they did. Um, and it just didn't go anywhere. Oh, so, it probably got brushed under the rug. Yeah. For sure. Because that's basically what they've been doing this whole time until someone decided to take a peek. Yeah. And I can hear all the people out there who may be listening and they're like, oh, wow, these two, these liberal schmucks. Like, oh, I can hear that one jackass that's going to bring up the fact that pregnant mothers get maternity leave, but not the man. And that's why they shouldn't get the promotions. Hey, I can, hey, hey, I can look, hear that. Hey, 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 look, for any asshole who thinks that, guess what? I believe in both. I believe in paid paternal leave and paid maternal leave. How about that? Like, so like, oh, don't even give I me that argument. I like, think both parents should have time with their newborn and spend. I don't think that the guy should, you know, go to work and not see his kid. And I also don't think that the mom should be going through the newborn stage yeah. by herself. I believe in both too. It just, you know, I guess the government thinks that only the mom should, because I think that's still sexist. Because it it brings back the classic like housewife thing. Like you have to be a housewife in your maternity leave so oh, the yeah. man can keep working. Oh yeah. The, but at the, the same time, it's like the guy doesn't want to be at work. He wants to be with his new fucking family. Yeah. And the, so both both sides of it piss me off. The the constant struggle to maintain that nuclear family, like, you know, ideal that we have so deeply embedded in our in our culture. Um, needs to be destroyed. <laughs> I it hate really the does. idea of a nuclear family. It's so 
outdated. How, well, how many times out of the people you know, how many of them are how many of them could you actually consider a traditional nuclear family? I know of maybe one or two people that have a traditional nuclear family. Everyone else like comes from hardship and comes from like, you know, non-traditional family structures and single parents and like so this concept of of the nuclear family ideal that America holds so high is um toxic in my opinion because I mean, also it makes people feel shitty when you don't have it and it's like hey i even me i admit sometimes i'm like hey i didn't grow up with that like damn i'm kind of jealous of people who got that so that whole structure that whole institution needs to be just demolished for mental mm-hmm. health reasons I mean, if the nuclear family aspect works for you and you're happy in that, then do it. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that the idea, the mindset should not be forced upon people. Like, I'm a firm believer that I'm not meant for the nuclear family type. Like, I don't want to get through this world having to hold a fucking man's hand to get through it. I want to get through it myself. And you know what? It just... We all have our different lives to live, and I just think that it's just not not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So I don't think we should keep having these like policies, these guidelines, standards, laws that's still wrapped around that because it just it doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, very long-winded discussion of of. Activision Blizzard here, but I think I it's an important one. I could talk about sexism all day. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an important one, um, especially because like oh, um, this doesn't just pertain to Activision Blizzard. This is almost every other company ever. Like this isn't just exclusive to them, and so we want to highlight it because you know maybe in the future some of these other companies can can begin to be investigated and. Um, restructured so that these instances of of gender discrimination, of pay inequity, of sexual misconduct in the workplace can all get brought to the forefront rather than being brushed under the rug under the rug for so long. And I think that's the main point of talking about topics like this. So, um, with all that down, I think we've covered our discussion um, pretty thoroughly, and uh, you've gotten our thoughts on it. Um, let us know what you think of this lawsuit uh, down in the comments below. But we are going to move on to our next segment, which is discussing James Wan. And I know how much we both love James Wan here. So mm. we're going to discuss Malignant when we return. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborreviews.com. If you like indie movies or blockbuster movies and anything in between, really, On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Borough. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theborroughreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge.
James Wan has a new horror movie out in September called Malignant, and it is about a woman who is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? I watched the trailer, same as you, and I'm curious to know what you think of it, and um, does it some look like something that you would normally like want to watch? Or... Do you like kind of the more straight up horror properties that we have gotten from James Wan in the past, kind of like Insidious or like um, or like The Conjuring? You know, because it's not straight up. It's definitely horror, but it's not like what you would think. Right. Yeah. Watching the trailer, like, I don't know if you hadn't told me that James Wan was involved in any way, shape, or form in this movie, I would not think that he was. I would I would give it's you Lay Winnell. Like Lay Winnell. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very like it wasn't bad by any means. There's just something about it that's very out of touch for James Wan. Like James Wan is kind of a in your face type of person but in a good way like his films are amazing i love james wan but this one's it's got a it's subtle mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know does that make sense i don't know yeah i it's think just, subtle it's is a good word, word it's, yeah, yeah it's the only word that comes to mind when i think of, like for those of you who don't like know me that well i i do suffer from sleep paralysis and it fucking sucks it's horrible because I only get sleep paralysis when I'm having nightmares. And so even when I'm awake, my nightmares are still going. And it fucking sucks until I'm actually like in consciousness. And it's terrible. And it's just, it's not fun. And it makes me remember why I'm such a night owl. But yeah, so movies like these, they do interest me. Like this one and the movie uh, Mara, it wasn't that good of a movie, but it still interested me because I do suffer from sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. So I I know it's not like a directly sleep paralysis movie, but it does kind of give off that impression from the things that are happening to her. And I don't know, it just it does interest me. It just does not seem like a James Wan project. And that's what's really throwing me off. Now I'll I'll say that um you know she's being tormented by someone what what's the name of the person that she's being tormented by um oh I don't remember so she keeps saying a name and apparently when she was a child she had like an imaginary friend was it Christopher or something uh no it wasn't uh, something as human sounding it was uh yeah I don't remember what it was. Um, But anyway, I think the main thing that I was kind of not let down by, but like I would have loved to see more of a demonic presence to whatever it is, right? And it it seems very human-like. Yeah, just a man. And so like for me, that makes it less scary almost. Um, 
than, you know, trying to decipher what's coming at you and what's like haunting you and has been for some time now. Uh, and I think that's the main reason why it doesn't feel necessarily like a James Wan movie almost. No. Um, because usually there's some type of like supernatural and there is a little bit of that here just in the way that oh, she's able yeah. to see, you know, certain people's murders. And but like I, I wanted to I wanted it to go a little bit further into the the body horror realm. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like it's getting there, but that's not to say that it's a bad movie or a bad trailer. I think it was really well done. Um, I think the visualization of like the set changes and some of the other, um, color palette choices are really strong. And so it's a good trailer. The what? The red? The red. Yes. Um, so from that perspective, it's shot really well. It seems to be a really well like structured uh, film too. It definitely seems like it's going to be like a tight 90 minutes almost, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the impression that you're getting, but it feels like it's one of those that's going to be like an hour and a half and it'll be super quick, super tight, but really well made. And that's kind of what I feel like, but I just wish that they would have pressed more into the body horror, kind of the monster elements. Yeah, I mean- we never really got a good look at at the uh, at the devilish creature, so maybe there is just a little more than meets the eye. It's just maybe the the outline, the shape of it is just of like a regular dude. Guess you gotta save money. <laughs> the devil on a budget. <laughs> the devil on a budget. There we go. James Wan, what happened to all your money? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie comes out on September 10th of 2021, so it'll be out very soon. Um, it's definitely on our radar. Do you have any more thoughts on it? There's something about Annabelle Wallace that kind of makes me nervous. Me too. And, you know, it. there's and- a shot in the trailer about her... Um, did you, do you mean from an acting standpoint, nervous? <laughs> Or do you mean uh, from a presentation standpoint, nervous? From the fact that every single horror movie she's been in hasn't been very good standpoint. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no offense, um, Wallace. You're, I'm sure you're Annabelle. Fine. Yeah, I mean, Annabelle. And, <laughs> she, I, no, here, she was in X-Men First Class, though. So, you know. That's not a horror movie, though. It's not. I did specify. She was in The Mummy. Oh, my God. <laughs> see i mean the 2017 one geez um ghost town it's not herself that makes me nervous it's the fact that her agent told yeah. her to be in this movie that makes me nervous. yeah yeah okay oh i see God, what you mean i mean i'm sorry but um she does have really like unique like just baby blue eyes and there's a couple shots in the trailer that really show that. I don't know if it's um I don't know if it's uh contacts or what, but like uh with the color palettes that they have, with like the red and the deep blues, um, when her eyes are just like, you know, baby blue, it it really makes everything else pop and it really draws attention to her, which I think is, you know I I've just it seems like she's kind of captivating, but like, but yes, you're right in the, in the choices that she's made in the past. Um, don't know. Her face structure reminds me of that chick from Californication. The one that David Duchovny is like in love with, but we'll never have. Karen? Is yeah. Karen? Just like 
her bone structure and like her nose shape reminds me of her. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Natasha Californication. Natasha oh McLehone. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Karen. Uh I was right. And I like her, so maybe I'm just, you know, judging too soon. It's just she doesn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Our discussion of malignant in theaters September. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be right back to talk o- to talk about some box office projection. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal. And it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, welcome to Box Office Projection. Um, last week, first, we want to start off with our previous week's prediction and who was right and who was wrong. So, what did M. Night Shyamalan's old make at the box office? Well, respectively, it made $16.5 million. Um, and then Snake Eyes opened with $13.35 million. So, if you are keeping tally at who said what, last week, Linda said $20 million and I said eleven. And it made 16. So technically you were closer. And you take hey, the cake. Look at, see, you try to cheat. This is what honest winning gets you. <laughs> As I'm shown only like moderately pleased with myself. <laughs> uh, old, but, I did watch old, by the way. Oh, did you like it? I heard it like was... two kids just like have sex very confusingly. <laughs> Oh shit! It's, Spoiler. Oh, oops. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. So, it's you have to go with the right people, okay? Because if you're going by yourself to this movie with no one, and you're in a in like a not crowded theater, it's not fun. You're not gonna have a good time. The dialogue, fucking horrendous, horrendous, like so bad that I laughed at multiple points. And it's very purposefully bad, I think. Like, I think that we're all aware that it's bad, including the the filmmakers. But M. Night Shyamalan? Yes, inclu- yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, he knows. Uh, the, first, <laughs> the first third of the movie is so awful that I we all debated whether or not to shut off the movie. Uh, so Wednesday, Wednesday night, we... Uh, we the the building was closed and the night crew was like let's just throw on a movie let's throw an old it's coming out tomorrow so we do and um you know we're watching it and thank god i had those people there because watching this on my own would have been tragic and i probably would have given it like a two out of ten. Oh, but um, it's getting good ratings somewhat yes I think I think the thing is you have to be with people. Like you have to be with people who are going to laugh with you. 
at the film. Because if you don't have people laughing with you at the film, like it takes out that whole experience. Without that experience, I don't think it's a very good movie. With the experience, I think it's at least an average movie. So that's my review of old. But uh, I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five. So like five out of ten overall. But um, for dialogue, one or two easily. But there are some pretty cool moments in there that like you're not going to. You Did you ever watch Mother? It um, reminds me of like Mother meets Cabin in the Woods. Like that's yeah, yeah, right. Take that as you take that as you will, but that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, no, remember I don't watch movies with Jennifer Lawrence in it. <laughs> so no, I never watched Mother. I don't I don't know. This conversation is just kind of reminding me how like for your birthday, you me and Lane went to see uh Midsummer. And when that infamous sex scene came up, I just started cracking up to the point where I just started yelling in the theater, stop, stop. <laughs> like, like so, I literally just like lost my freaking mind. I was just like, you guys need to shut this off. <laughs> so we were talking about that because two of, so the, another manager that I work with, um, cause that was the day with the fire alarms and mm-hmm. the. So funny story before any of us were working there, because I was I had just quit. And so um, me, one of the other managers who wasn't a manager and not working there at the time. And then the like our one of our main employees, we were all there that day watching Midsummer like in the theater. So we were all together for that whole experience. I just found that out. I was like, oh, shit, we were all there for that. That's kind of cool. Um but yeah, what what a time. And this is kind of like that. It doesn't quite get to that level um, of like weird as Midsummer does with the sex scene. I but mean, you, I did it's really very uncomfy. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like I'm just. Just imagining just I, I'm not imagining it. I'm just imagining the level of confusion kind of yeah. like blue lagoon style just them being like why why do we want to do this let's just do it anyways like yep. kid that's pr- that's pretty much <laughs> what it is too um, and i mean don't get me wrong midsummer was a great movie it, it is really good it's just that sex scene was just so bizarre that i just i lost it for a second it was a little bizarre um <laughs> it was just really weird. and i so, can't get over it so i mean but yeah, so, I mean, I I want to see it, but I also can you just spoil it for me because I just don't really feel like watching this actually. Yeah, I can I can spoil it for you afterwards. Okay. I'm not okay. spoiling it for everyone else, but I'll spoil it just for you. Put on the earmuffs, kids. Jared needs to tell me the spoiler. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, this weekend we have Jungle Cruise, Disney's Jungle Cruise starring Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson coming out, and I want to know what you think it'll do. And before you say anything, let me get my handy-dandy pen, and then we are going to predict Jungle Cruise. So I am going to say that Jungle Cruise, just based on the fact that Boss Baby pulled in a decent amount of money and the fact that Space Jam did so well last week, um, I'm going to say that it's probably going to land in the 20 to 25 range. So I'm going to go with 22 million. I'm going to go with 30. You're going to, oh, you're going high. Okay. Are you looking at the projections? No. <laughs> uh, you're going to go with 30. Okay. 
Um, I haven't looked at the projections. Fun fact: I get a little sheet that tells me what the, what it's projected to do, and I don't look at it. Um, well, freaking liar, guys! No, I don't. I don't look at it usually. Uh, huh. Um, I'm I'm just curious. What what does everyone else think it's going to make? Let's see. So. People are saying between thirty to forty million. Um, that's that's the that's the vibe that we're that we're at right now. We we vibing at thirty. We're vibing at thirty. I'm gonna say twenty two, but I could be way wrong. Um, you are gonna be way wrong because I got this game down. This is a fun game. I keep winning. Space Jam. Space Jam just uh, has a lot of nostalgia behind it, though, and I imagine that was carrying a lot of it. And so this one doesn't have that because it's an entirely new property. And so... Wait, doesn't like Disneyland or Disney World or some shit have like a Jungle Cruise thingy? Yeah, so the film's based off the ride. See? People are going to feel nostalgic for the ride. I don't think so. But but maybe... You'd be surprised. Disney fanatics are... Disney fanatics. I'll give you that one. Finally... We're going to talk about what's new to streaming. So we have Sexy Beast, that really weird Netflix show where surprise singles come in costumes and go on blind dating. Um, that seems fun. I am going to watch look, it. Look at the, look at yes. Yeah, I know. I know. It's bad. Look at the dolphin guy's I know. I know. It's very phallic, too. Are you going to watch this show? (laughs) Are you going to watch the show just for the phallic dolphin face? He looks like like someone trying to make Squidward but just fucked up. Look at this dolphin guy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I might actually watch this. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna watch it 100. percent Oh my god, what's wrong with the dolphin? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, no, that's horrible. I love how iridescent he looks. Like someone put highlighter on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you can't get over the dolphin. Oh um, my god, I just. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry, fun fact, Rob Delaney also narrates the show. So, you know, who it ought to be Rob good. Rob Delaney? You don't know who Rob Delaney is? Who's Rob Delaney? You don't know who Rob Delaney is? Who's Rob Delaney? Oh my God. <laughs> who, who, who is he, Jared? Educate me. Do you remember the guy? So the most recent example I can think of, um, do you remember the guy in the Deadpool 2 movie? Um... Who, oh, like the random white guy? Yeah, that's, that's Rob his Delaney. Name? Yeah, Rob Delaney. Oh, he's been in so much. Yeah, um, but he's literally one of those guys that, like, you know, he's in a bunch of stuff that you can name, but like, you don't know who he is. <laughs> kind of like how Christopher Walken was before we started making memes about Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now everyone knows who Christopher Walken is. Now so. everyone knows Christopher Wa- Rob Delaney's next. 
Yeah. Um, so that's on Netflix, the blind dating show, Sexy Beast. And then we also have Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. Uh, which is an Apple TV Plus show. It's a millennial-friendly send-up of Lerner and Lowe's Brigadoon, starring Cecily Strong and Kegel-Michael Key. Wow. Wait, I said that wrong again. Keegan-Michael Key. Damn it. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong play a couple trapped in a musical set in a small town until they find true love. That is streaming on Apple TV Plus. Oh, my God. It's going to be them. Yeah, well, clearly. Um, That's so, like, basic. And, like, yes, probably you're right. Just watch Um, Teen Beach Movie on on, uh, Disney+. Plus. It'll be the same thing. There you go. Also on Disney+, Plus, you have Turner and Hooch, um, which stars um, Josh Josh Peck. Peck. And uh, we're not going to mention the other one, but it stars Josh Peck. And uh, Josh Peck is uh, Turner. And then you have Hooch, right? Right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I figured Hooch was the dog, but I wasn't certain. Um, so <laughs> I just, I just, context clues. Um, <laughs> are you by any chance a huge fan of that one 1989 movie about a cop and his dog? No, not the one with Jim Belushi and a German Shepherd. The one with Tom Hanks and a Frank and a French Mastiff. Well, someone in Hollywood has answered your prayers for a revival with Disney Plus show starring. This says, oh, my God. <gasps> We weren't going to talk about sexual harassment anymore, but I guess this article is going to make what us. What the fuck? Who published Someone this? Someone needs to contact Allie this? Mag and tell them that that is the wrong one. Oh my Ooh. god! Who wrote that? Uh oh, they they messed up. They that messed is up the very most bad. interesting part of this whole episode has been this this fucking massive fuck up on LA Mag's part by putting by putting the one's name in place of Josh Peck. Um Yikes. Wow. Anyway, if you want to see Josh Peck and, and a dog Josh have fun Peck on, is gonna freaking sue. I should oh here, you know what? Hold on. Let me I'm gonna send this right now. I'm gonna DM Josh Peck. I'm going to DM Josh Peck on Twitter. Oh my god, do it. I am do it. Oh my gosh, look at us contacting celebrities again. I'm going to be like, um, you might want to get them to change this. <laughs> hey bro, just looking out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's being sent. It's sent. Wow. Um, oh my god, I can't believe he just DM'd Josh Peck. I did. Like, gotta, gotta get my BFF known that his shit's fucked up. Okay, but that's like that's like it is. not cool. It's so, a little insulting at this. It's point. oh, it, very insulting. Um, anyway, <sighs> that is uh, what's new to streaming. So, um, yeah, <laughs> what an episode! Oh my god, shit's getting fucked up left and right, and I'm kind of living for it. <laughs> it is. It really is getting fucked up, and I don't know how. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that 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 concludes today's oh, episode yay. of the Into the Virtual Podcast. Oh my god, the Walt Dolphin guy's back. Uh. If you finally got around to watching Fear Street, make sure to go check out our review on our YouTube channel. Um, please and thank you. Um, a lot of time went into that. It was, I think, the longest review on the channel yet. Um, just a single property review. Uh, I think the closest we got was the one video where we did two reviews at once um 
Do you remember what that video was? Two videos at once? Yeah, we did two reviews at once in the same video. Oh, and that we've video done was that a couple times. Yeah. And those videos are kind of long, but this was the longest single review that we've, I think, ever had oh, yeah. on the channel. And so, like, I'm sorry it was because a I know. Oh, I'm not sorry. It's more content for them to enjoy. It is we're more a, content. We're a freaking delight, Jared. But I just want to make sure that they can watch the whole thing. You they know? can watch the whole thing. People binge watch shit all the time. You think they don't have an hour to spare? Okay, fair enough. You guys, fair enough. I, I believe in you guys. If you get bored, I apologize. But I think it's watchable if you enjoy watching longer videos. It's like yeah. a movie of us reviewing stuff. There you go. Um, yeah, Fierce Street on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the Into the Borough podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts from, we are on all the major platforms, including Pandora. Uh, for those of you that <laughs> like to listen on your TV or Alec on Alexa Dylan, or no. uh, on, on anything. Um, so make sure to go follow us there. And we will be back next week for some more news. But in the meantime, I hope everyone has a good week and stays healthy. Remember to get your fucking vaccine because apparently- I did get my fucking vaccine. Not you. Not, oh. I'm not pointing at you, but then You kind of You kind of Get your are. vaccine. Get your vaccine. It's there for a reason. Get your vaccine so we don't get have to wear our masks vaccines. again. We honestly probably should be wearing masks. Let again, the but. government track you. It's not like you don't have a cellular device. <laughs> yeah. N- news flash for anyone who's paranoid about that. If you're on Everybody Facebook, poops. You don't have to worry yes. about the government knowing that. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's today's show. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.